0: Mypatriotsupply.com
1: Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, I just wanted to add really quickly that after we were done recording this episode of The Witcher, where we do thank our sponsors, which is something we're going to be doing every Friday for every Friday episode. We did get an additional sponsor, so I just wanted to give them a quick shout-out as well. So thank you to Leah. I hope I'm saying that right. If it's actually Leah feel free to correct me, but thank you so much for supporting the show, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. On this episode, we're going to be discussing the television show The Witcher, so we're just going to be focusing on the show, not uh, the game or the books, so just to let you know. And this is another one where Erin is not as familiar with it. I did watch some of it, so I did actually watch this one, um, but i Like I said, I love these because then I get to just sit back and listen to everybody talk about it and geek out about it. And it just also just it's just a lot of fun. Before we get into the episode, just some shout outs and a couple of quick housekeeping notes. I want to give a shout out to our monthly supporters. We've got Carla, Robin, Joyce, Alice and Sarah. And if you would like to support the show for as little as ninety nine cents a month to nine ninety nine a month please head on over to our anchor page and click listener support there or click listener support in the show notes. And remember, we now have some awesome stuff that we are offering you, you know, including everything from a sticker to the opportunity to be on an episode. So head on over there. If you want more info about um, the different tiers and what you can get with your support, head on over to our Twitter page and look at the pinned tweet there. It goes over that. And of course, 50% of what we see also get split between one Black Lives Matter organization and one Stop Asian Hate organization per month. If you would like some It's a Fandom Thing pod merch, head on over to our Redbubble store, and Tanya is holding up her water bottle. I love every single time Tanya is on, she brings that on, and it just makes me feel really warm in my heart. (laughs) Um, But if you would like some fandom merch, head on over there. And remember, of course, 50% of what we see from that is also split between one Black Lives Matter organization and one stop Asian hate organization. Okay, so I'm going to have my panel introduce themselves and tell me one thing that they are into right now in pop culture. Start with you, MJ.
2: Um, Hi, everyone, MJ. I've been on a couple of those, but I'm very excited to be on this episode What am I into right now? So this is a pretty niche recommendation. It's a TikTok channel. It's called uh, Greedy Peasant. And it's the type of niche humor that I feel we all need during the pandemic. It's it's great. Um, And yeah, that brings me a lot of joy. And something completely from the other side of the spectrum um, made me shake my head quite a bit, but it was super interesting to follow was on HBO, the um, Into the Storm document series so that one uh was hard to watch honestly um might make you a little bit angry here and there but it's quite interesting to learn more about anonymous message boards and all the things that were going on in the last years on on that side
1: of the internet so recommend that to watch i think that's the first time we've had a tiktok (laughs) recommended on the show no it's awesome and I started watching that Into the Storm documentary. I haven't finished it yet because I haven't had the That's chance bad. to. But yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty yeah. sad. Ooh, it's
2: bad. But yeah, I recommend everybody to watch it just to get a little bit more into that, mm-hmm. just to understand. Because I'm so far removed from all these types of forums and ways of thinking, so it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to understand how people end up there. So it's, um, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting outside perspective. That's Let's put it this way.
1: (laughs) Very true. And Megan?
3: Hi, this is Megan. I've been on a couple of episodes. Uh, Things I'm interested in right now. Um, Right now, I've been watching this show on Hulu called The Great North. Um, I'm not typically into those adult animation kind of shows, but this one's actually pretty wholesome and cute. It has Nick Offerman as the main character, as well as some other well-known actors and actresses including uh, Dolce Sloan, who's a great um, feature in The Daily Show sometimes, and she's just a great comedian, and uh, they also have Alanis Morissette in there, I believe it's her name, I can't remember it for sure, but she's like the great spirit that talks to one of the main characters, Judy, and uh, it's just a really cute show, and it's talking about living, you know, the great North and uh, how fun it is to always be cold and
1: just kind of their like family life experiences. It's pretty (laughs) cute. I have never heard of that one either. I, yeah, never heard of that one. Huh. Huh. And then Sasha. Look, I'm not last again. I know. I'm like, she's going to be so happy. (laughs) Sorry, Tanya.
4: I love you, but I'm usually the last one on and everybody knows me. I'm on a bunch of these. Aaron still lets me come play with her. So I'm all about it. Um, I am going to throw out a movie that I just recently watched again. It's one of my top 10 favorite movies. It's probably my top favorite sci-fi fantasy. And I just discovered that a lot of people don't know about it. uh, And that's Stardust because we just watched it actually with MJ. Um, I'm amazed at the amount of people that don't know about this movie. And I know it didn't get a lot of hype and it was really sad, but in our family, in our house, it's one of the top ones that we watch. Um, so Stardust, it's older. It's a 2007.
1: Yeah, I think it's 2007 or 2008. I believe it's 2007. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Because um, I remember I was got, living in
1: Taos when I was living in Taos when it came out.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it's got a phenomenal cast. I mean, Robert De Niro is in it. So like Michelle Pfeiffer, Ricky Gervais, Claire Danes. Like, it's got a great cast. Um, so if you are into anything sci-fi, fantasy, feel good escapism, um, Stardust, because, again, it apparently got missed by a boatload of people, and that makes me sad. So this is my PSA. Go watch Stardust. Yeah, and we should
1: possibly talk about that one and maybe talk about, it just popped into my head, but have a month of talking about, like, that one, Legend, Labyrinth, (laughs) Willow, yeah, Willow, too. I mean, we can just, I mean. The never-ending story. Never, oh, my God. When I was a
4: kid, that was,
1: yeah, that was it.
4: That's the fantasy roll call right there.
5: (laughs) And Tanya. Well, wow. I I get to be sort of last. Um, I want (laughs) to say Falcon and Winter Soldier because that's very much something I'm enjoying. I mean, it's 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 evolving. It's it's really good. Um, But I'm also going to say The Old Guard, which is a movie on Netflix that I finally got around to watching (laughs) And it was just, it was predictable from a plot perspective, but the acting was great, the characters, the action, and it was so refreshing to see a middle-aged woman be a kick-ass um, leader of this badass group of of fighters. And um, there was queer representation, there was um, racial diversity and I think it was directed by a black woman and I mm-hmm. believe yep. she's going to be directing for Marvel. Is it M- captain Marvel two or. Yeah, I believe that's the Jeez. one. Yeah. It's Gina Prince Bythewood who okay, um, is you. also <laughs> best known for doing love and basketball was one of the first oh. movies she did. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. I, I was like, you'll, you'll know, I'm not going to have the, but I, I really enjoyed that. It was, it was a good, good one. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome.
1: And this is Erin, and I'm into another documentary. As I said on our Expanse episode, I mentioned Kid 90. Well, I watched these two back-to-back because they kind of just automatically played, and I'm like, okay, fine, I'll watch this one. There's another Hulu documentary called About WeWork, which was the, which they're still around, but um, it was the company that basically, you know, when you do those shared office spaces, if you're a freelancer, that kind of thing. And really, it was like a cult when it was run by this one guy. And it's just this really fascinating documentary about number 1 how white men can get away with anything. Um number 2 people getting taken in by this guy just because he would say the right things or be charming and I mean they'd have like camp, they'd have camp we work. They did like we live where people were like living together in like a commune type setting. Um, they wanted to start a whole new way of teaching kids, which they, which they're trying to do actually on the side, him and his wife, who his wife is like related to Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, and that was how they would get a lot of people in. So it's just this really interesting documentary about this company that really didn't have anything to offer and wasn't really that successful, but they were uh, worth like 60 something billion dollars before they um, they didn't fall under because they're under new management, but before they basically were starting to fall apart. Um, so it's just interesting just to watch that and, and you know, how powerful certain men can be. <laughs> OK, so let's get into The Witcher. So we're going to start just talking about some characters here. I'm going to start with, am I pronouncing this right? Geralt of Rivia? Rivia? <laughs> you can- you can correct me, MJ, since I'm going to you first. Was that correct? I think the name Gerald
2: is said so differently in different languages. I think in German we say Gerald, which is super unsexy. So it's, for me, it's hilarious um, to, uh, to have that name for a, a hero type of uh, figure. Um, and I think it's off Rivia. I think that's what it is, but... Um, again, I think every culture or every language says it's slightly different. And since it comes from a book, a lot of people read it for the first time. So it's,
1: I think it's, I'm assuming it's, uh, everybody's used to hear it a little differently. And then what are your thoughts generally, overview on, on the character? <laughs> um, I really, what, what I really like about the character
2: is that we're struggling with him. He's not, he's not a A finished perfect hero even though he's this he's supposed to be 100 years old so you expect some wisdom and somebody that's kind of in his rut or arrived but not not very much i think he struggles very much between agency and destiny and doesn't really believe in destiny but i feel like that's one of the big themes that he comes to terms with um, with his destiny versus free agency versus volition I really like that he's grumpy. (laughs) That's uh, very funny to see play off of other characters that are a little bit more uh, humorful or fun or casual. So having that seriousness, sometimes there is is interesting to watch. I really like the portrayal. I think Henry Cavill did a good job. Although I think a lot of his um, facial expressions we would have crucified um, female actors in the early 2000s for the same type of acting, <laughs> very stoic or very, just very few um, facial movements. But yeah, super interesting to watch. I love how um, how uh, we get to learn with him and follow him and, and, and see him interact with different characters and, and sometimes um, be quite cruff and not always the, the person that you Kind of want to want to uplift. Like the first episode, that was rough to watch. This whole scenario with Renfrey and the um, the wizard Strygamore, that was kind of a rough start, I have to say. So when I w- watched it for the first time, I was like, I'm not sure if I I like this. This is not not the hero that I'm used to. But yeah, it changes over time and you see more facets. But it's definitely not not the usual character that we often see in fantasy.
4: Awesome.
1: awesome. And Megan?
2: Um, I have
3: to agree with a lot of MJ's point. Like the fact that he's a grumpy kind of anti-hero of sorts is fantastic. Um, I believe I watched this at the beginning when it first came out. So when I was watching it, like I was kind of familiar with the character. I've read one of the books in the past, but it's so far in my memory that. I didn't remember a whole lot from it, but when I sat down to watch the show, I, I never related to a character so much in my life. Um, <laughs> just the, the amount of like kind of just sort of distaste for like having to be kind of stuck in this idea of like I have to do this one thing when I could be doing something else that isn't so so predictable. An aspect like it, if I, obviously hunting mon- monsters isn't like a predictable thing, it's just for him like. He also has this other destiny that he doesn't want to fulfill and kind of fights against. And he's always going against the grain of it, but he doesn't know how to stop it or how to get away from it. Um, I think a lot of people can kind of relate to that sort of character as a whole. And I think the thing that makes uh, Henry such a good actor for this role specifically is the fact that he is able to be the brooding character but also kind of carry a complex thought like it's a step above angel in buffy the vampire slayer just because like yes like angel's understanding of like you know morality and things like that and kind of his effect on people but for geral here like um, he carries more of this essence of like i i need to try and like go past this idea of brooding and like do what's right and not
4: just what i'm supposed to do Hmm. interesting sasha um so yes ditto to everything that they've said but i uh (laughs) i'm gonna go a little askew here and tanya will follow me on this i know she will um My favorite thing about him is when he says, fuck, because it's like this totally something happens and you just watch his face and he's like, fuck, you know, it's just sheer exasperation. And I think that is my favorite thing. I know that sounds really ridiculous if you've never seen the show, but trust me, when you watch it and you see it, you get it. And that's my favorite thing about him. In addition to everything that MJ and Megan said, he is just kind of that. He's evolving. He's not a typical hero, like, all of that. He's just kind of living his life, um, you know, and it's it's fine. On a side note, I when I started this, I started it when it first came out and got probably 15, maybe 20 minutes into the first episode and turned it off, was like, nope, I just can't do this. I'm just not feeling it. And then several friends were like, oh, just give it a – you have to get through the first episode. If you get through the first episode, then it's fine. The first episode is rough. I was like, Ugh. Fine, whatever so getting through that first episode then i was hooked and completely hooked and i just went back and watched it again and still that first episode is rough even though i've seen everything so stick with it if you can but i just want to throw in the when he says fuck is my favorite thing about him
1: (laughs) and tanya
5: yeah you're right sasha i'm totally gonna jump on that fuck train um (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. Um, yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I am not that familiar with the with the games, et cetera. I know a bit about them because I do have gamers, even though I don't play video games myself. But Geralt is totally um, the definition of so done, right? And I think we can all feel that with the last year of the pandemic and things like that. And I think that's part of why. We connect with them so much as you see people in power making terrible decisions that affect you. It's also, again, that structure agency that MJ mentioned about, you know, people make all these choices and you just kind of have to live with the consequences, whether whether you want to or not, you can, you can run from it, but destiny arrives, right? Um, And Geralt uh, should be called Geralt of the bathtub, because that is the best, like the bathtub in the, in the it's in the games too, he just, I mean, he just takes a bath and like luxuriates and and it's very, um, I don't know why that cracks me up so much. I mean, of course it's attractive and whatnot, but I also just think it's so funny to have like, okay, we're going to pause and have this. 10 minutes scene in a bathtub. <laughs> like, okay. All right. That's that's fine. I mean, I think it's it's fair to do a little bit of objectification of Geralt. Um, you know, yeah. Um when, when the female characters so typically get, you know, more of more of that. But uh yeah, I'm a sucker for the big, tough, um, stoic exterior person who's actually squishy and and loving on the inside, I think. So that's that's definitely hitting that um that trope. And I, I hear you, MJ, about the expressions, but I also think that fits for me that fits the character. Um, but I but I hear you on that gendered um double standard a bit. Yeah, fair enough.
4: Can I add the bathtub thing is just him showing good self care skills?
3: I
2: feel like we can all I was live in like... love with that bath <laughs> thing. Yep. <laughs> I feel like everybody needs that, like rough day, sit in the bathtub, have a nice drink,
1: relax your muscles. So yeah. Um, <laughs> I just wanna, I just wanna add with the whole uh, MJ when you were talking about the acting thing, he, there are people that do criticize him a lot for the way he's very, um, like with Superman when he played Superman, like people did not like his version of Superman because, or some people didn't because it was so one note and there wasn't a lot of, um, emotion there. And I think that also happened when he was in one of the, uh, the last mission impossible movie, I'm a huge mission impossible fan. So I know that that was also criticized and, and I could see that with the little, I watched is that, um, he can be kind of one note. That's kind of the way he is where you, I don't know, like his expressions. I don't know if that's kind of what you were saying, but his expressions, he has like like five different expressions kind of for something like that, where he doesn't have this vast array. Um, but it is nice to be able to have some of that, what you've said with a bathtub scene, but to have some of that where it's the female gaze and where you have the camera, um, you know, not objectifying, but um, sort of just panning over, up, I don't know, not panning, but, just sort of lovingly gazing at a man's body instead of a woman's body all the time. So it's nice to see that sometimes, and we need much, 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 much more of that (laughs) as we talked about in our male gaze episode and we talked about it in our American Psycho episode too. So, yeah, we need a lot more of that. Okay, so let's move on to Yennefer. I'm assuming I pronounced that correctly, right, Sasha? (laughs) Okay, so MJ, your thoughts on Yennefer?
2: That is hard, because I feel like Yennefer is one of the characters that is kind of the most complex, and we see a lot of her journey. I think with with Gerald, we see a little bit of his childhood at the very, very end, but with Yennefer, we see a lot more of the drastic changes throughout her story, and I love that they didn't do like a fake little... minuscule like physical change on her and it was really drastic and I think um we've seen that often in other books where they still fight the character even though the book they were described as having some sort of physical marks on their face or on their body and with Jennifer they went all out um they really had um she had like a big hunchback type of um physical mark and she's the acting was brilliant with her jaw all in a different angle in the beginning when we meet her first. And then just having that extreme transformation on the physical side um, to, for her to become that powerful, very attractive sorceress that was then um, like unleashed on the world pretty much was, was interesting to follow, but it's hard. I, I have my issues with her character simply because um, we miss so many years, and I think a big, big part that I felt that I lacked seeing was that 30 years or, or more that she spent at that court, where she got what she wanted, she got to the court that she wanted to get, she got away from that school that really didn't treat her well, or she, where she felt um, she didn't want to be in the beginning. And so, yeah, she got out, she got what she wanted, and then after 30 years, we meet her again. And she's not happy with this situation. She wants something else. She doesn't want this anymore, and but we lack this, so that that's something that I missed. But other than that, I really enjoyed watching her. I think the actress did a phenomenal job. I read some in the very beginning when they just started casting, and it was like, "Oh, is she too young, or is she too this, or is she too that?" and i I thought she'd be great. One of my favorite characters on the show, I think, even though they're kind of all my favorite character at this point. But yeah, that was interesting to watch. Her relationship with Gerald was interesting, but I also think we didn't see enough um, from when they first meet to when they meet the second time. Just from the dialogue, we know there were additional interactions. She knows Yaskier at that point well enough to banter with him, and we miss all that. So I feel like the show the show could have could have had like two or three more episodes to build out these to make it easier to follow that's us put it this way which is very interesting to watch very um hard to watch because she's clearly suffering a lot throughout the whole um the whole season from different um different yeah reasons at different time points and um yeah so she's hard to watch you kind of want to root for her all the time um want to see her succeed and I'm like the very end when 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 we don't know exactly what happened to her after the battle that's very uh very tricky so i'm excited for season 2 i definitely want to see more of her
1: megan uh
3: Jennifer was hands down i think a very good at, uh depiction of what it means to kind of be a modern woman in the aspect of like having to deal with you know wanting to, you know, succeed in your career, do all these great things, but then also having, like, a desire to, like, you know, follow some of those uh, very societal pushed ideas. And it's meant for some people, not everyone, of, like, starting a family or making a family or, you know, settling down, things like that. And with, you know, her uh, at the beginning, you could see, like, she had this desire to be just to be everyone's, like, fantasy and just perfect in every way. And... I think, it's like, with all that want and desire, and, like, she was warned, you know, there's something you're going to lose in this, and you're not going to be able to get it back. And it's hard as women, especially, like, in our society today, where we constantly have to deal with the, well, you might lose out on blank if you do blank, or, and it's, like, this lack of balance. I think the writers did a great job kind of showing that, you know, like, she's a woman, and she's powerful, but... Just like the rest of us, like she still has to deal with these very gender norms and just really uncomfortable things that we shouldn't have to battle with. Um, and like even just having to choose between being a sexual being versus a mother versus a nice person versus a good or a bad person. Like I think Jennifer is a very good complex character of what it means to be a woman. And I'm glad they didn't simplify her. Because in the books, it definitely felt like they simplified her quite a bit. But I'm glad that they took this character and they kind of developed her now into something that is more attainable.
4: Oh, Sasha? Um, yeah, so I, again, everything they said, her entire story arc is just amazing. Um, she is my favorite character in there she also makes me question exactly how straight I really am. Um, because I, she's freaking hot and she's beautiful and she's, and it's not just her hotness and her beauty. It's the way that she comes across with everything and just her entire, you know, coming from the pig pen and being called piglet at the school that they were at the training and all of that. Um, Her overcoming all of that abuse and neglect and just kind of being belittled, betrayed, everything that happens to her. Um, And then, yeah, you see her realize she's willing to give up everything to have power. You know, it's like you'll never be able to have children. Okay, that's fine. I want power. I need power because she's just been so beaten down. Um, So that her whole rebirth process that they did was brutal and painful and traumatic and. She came out the other side like hellfire. Um, And I appreciate that about her. And it really is the actress who brought her to life, really brought her to life. Um, And then, yeah, when she and um, Geralt get together, it's just like fireworks. She's doing this. She's got those 30 years that she was doing. What did she say? It was like something boring. You know, it was like a, excusing murderers and rapists or whatever she said to, so that the men could stay in power. And then she sets out on her own. And then she really is like, I want to have kids. Like, what do I do? How do I do this? And, um, yeah, her story arc is just phenomenal. I, I love Jennifer, and I really do. I agree with MJ. Like I'm a little concerned what happened at the end of the big battle. Like, where is she? Um, so I'm hoping that she's still in season two. Um, and then just as a side note, I when I first watched this, I was really confused. It's a timeline issue. They jump around in time. So when they meet and do things, it's not sequential. The story is not told in a linear manner. So that was very difficult for me to follow at first. But once I caught it, then I was like, oh, got it. Because her storyline is kind of wonky. Um, so spoiler alert after the spoiler. <laughs> how I will
1: <laughs> Tanya,
5: yeah, she's a i mean I agree with with everything that's been said. the actress does a phenomenal job, um, and she i in fact i you know I go through this thing where I'll look up all the actors and see what they've done and whatnot, and I didn't believe she was as young as she is because she really brought a lot of gravitas right to this this uh semi immortal or long lived um being. And I mean, I think it's it's difficult because I think about the the commentary on um, ability in in the character of Yennefer and and the commentary on the child um, wanting to have a child and infertility issues. Uh, But I think about like there's been a lot of critique of that, but I think about the way they treated her story with the way. Uh, black widow's story of wanting a child and not being able to infertility was treated in age of Ultron very different very I think Yennefer's um, desire to have children she doesn't think of herself as a monster right she doesn't um, it's not used to sort of make a commentary on women more generally I don't feel like or on it's not used for man pain right like the way it is in Ultron and I mean I'm sure we know why (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that that was that way uh, but I just wanted to kind of add that for a comparison but yeah she's um, she's complex she's interesting she, they they make mistakes and I've, for her and Gerald or Gerald I've heard it both ways um, it um, yeah they're really it makes sense to me because they're both marginalized people and outsiders and they both had a traumatic, um, childhood and I like the device of the time stuff as Sasha mentioned now that <laughs> at first I was like what the hell is happening like this person's dead now they're not dead what the you know um, and Dean my my son has played the game and was like oh they're doing this and like gave me the whole rundown and I was like okay cool cool thank you you know so I had that resource but the reason I like that is I think it it gives you just the right amount of dissociation and what-the-fuckness because the, you, these people who are living forever and in and out of all these politics probably also feel like that, right? So I, I think it's meant to make us have, you know, some sort of reference point for Yen and, and Geralt a bit. That's my, I don't know, thoughts on that. <laughs> but but yeah, she's great. Also, shout out for all of her costumes. Oh my god. I, I was so excited when I first watched this because I was like, ooh, we're gonna see Yen cosplays. You know, because you see Witcher uh Geralt cosplays quite a bit at cons. We're gonna see Yen cosplays so exciting. Um and then you know pandemic. So I'm looking forward to seeing them. And I want I want to do this. Um when we go back to cons. I want to carry around chocolate coins. And every time there's a Geralt cosplay, I'm gonna toss a con to your witcher. Yeah. Oh, Valley of oh, plenty. plenty. Oh, Valley of Plenty. <laughs> That's going to happen again. Just so you're ready for it. <laughs> that was awesome. I was like, when is the singing coming in that I've
1: been <laughs> Not enough. Not that enough. Was the part. perfect time for
3: it. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's move on to Jasker. And I probably mispronounced that one. But um, okay. So Megan, your thoughts on Jasker?
3: Oh, this is hands down my favorite character in the entire show. Um, I love me a good bard. Um, it's just everything about him is what I, as someone who plays a D&D, look for and try to enact and be when I'm in character. So seeing that and like screen, like real time screen time, it was just amazing. The actor did an amazing job acting as the perfect bard, um, especially to someone so broody. Um, It's just kind of like, you know, you have your sidekick and sometimes they match your personality or whatever it may be, but he was just the exact opposite. Like he would sing, he would even make fun of him a little bit. He would (laughs) just create these, these amazing songs. And uh, that's what Tanya was doing earlier. And I just, I I absolutely
2: adore it
1: because he's the perfect character. (laughs) That's awesome. And MJ.
2: Yeah. I think he's, very much needed just to give the show a little bit of lightness lightness everybody else has very heavy storylines brutal experiences and we need a little bit of comedic relief just to make it a bit more digestible i think he's normally not my go-to character i'm not the um i'm not the person who always needs a comedic relief but i felt like the show was um was perfect to have one um I, my heart broke when Gerald yelled at him. I was like, how could you yell at Yaskir? He's, we protect him at all costs. We need to protect him. Um, yeah, it's, I think he's, he's wonderful. Um, super charming, well done on the actor side, as, as Megan already said. And um, something I wanted to mention, I think he's a big part of why at the end, Gerald has this reputation. I mean, he, It's not great that to be called like the uh, I don't know was it like the murderer of something or where he slayed that village, but
5: butcher of Blaviken. Butcher,
2: yeah, the butcher. But ultimately, if you don't have somebody to uh, sing your sing your praises, nobody's gonna know. And part of part of his arc is having that reputation at the end and that storyline. And I think Yaskir is. deserves a thanks for that, even though he might have annoyed Gerald on the way, but yeah, it all came together.
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty essential in some shows, not all shows, to have a little bit of that levity um, for for some people, just because if you have a lot of that, if it's just like a downer or if it's just really heavy or it's just like a weight on you, that can get tiresome and old. Just like if you're watching a show and it's just all, joke 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 and not a time to breathe it's the same kind
4: of thing I think sometimes Sasha yeah he's definitely that comedic relief and when I first met him I was like oh my god you are gonna be so annoying and just the bane of my existence um and then much like a fungus he grows on you and you're like you can't live without him he's adorable uh I do agree with MJ it's he creates these songs and there's even a scene in there where um, he he's singing something or something comes up about the song. And Gerald is like, that's not how it happened. What are you doing? Like he embellishes everything just to make it sound better. But it, it even gets called out like that. That did not go down like that. I don't know what you're doing. Um, but he does. It's that damn toss a coin song, Tanya. It gets stuck in your head. Aaron, go on Spotify. Type in toss a coin to your witcher. It'll be fine. That's all you really need. to. You need to see him in the bathtub and you need to hear that song and you've got everything. Yeah, you know I've, I've seen him in the bathtub because I've seen that go around social media. <laughs> well, there you go. Then you, all you have to do is listen to yes. Toss a Coin to Your Witcher and you are set. Maybe look up some ina- images of Yennefer. Rewatch the bathtub
2: scene with the Toss a Coin to Your Witcher in the background.
1: Yes. You know
5: you know how they do like There's the Darth a
1: YouTube video of that.
5: The Darth Vader yeah. Yule log. It's just Geralt in the bathtub for six hours, slowly boiling with yep. toss a coin to your witcher playing Excellent. That's, that's, yeah. We could we could have a holiday uh
6: holiday witcher marinade
5: video. I love it. That's Tanya, make that happen. i I don't have the skills to make that happen, unfortunately, but Somebody can do that now. There's All a nerd right. out there. Somebody's got to make it happen. I have
2: internet to do your thing. It's now need it.
5: Interwebs,
4: <laughs>
5: make this happen.
1: Well, and I'm and I'm gonna look that up while Tanya talks about the character. I'm gonna look up. Oh, that's yes. Adam
5: Yes, he's so I love him, and because he's obnoxious, and I I think he's fantastic. And Yesker apparently means dandelion. And I think that is perfect because like a dandelion, he's bright and colorful and you can't ignore him. And he's also annoying, (laughs) but good things come from him. There are, you can eat dandelion leaves, I think, right. And they're not poison and you can make wine out of dandelions. (laughs) So, so, and, and really spring and summer wouldn't be the same without, without seeing some dandelions. So I I think that's perfect. And he's just such a great, um, counterpoint to Geralt's broodiness, and I agree. You have to not. Oh, tea. Thank you, dandelion tea, um, root tea. There's parts of it you're not supposed to eat. Parts of it you can eat. Don't go eat mushrooms you don't know about. Don't eat dandel. Don't eat stuff in your yard unless you look it up. Okay, just I'm a mom. I gotta say that. All right. Um, yeah, and it's. He, he could be overused, but I think we get like the right amount of him. And I love he has some of the best lines in the series. Like, are you perhaps short of a marble? Right. And then um, the way we meet, I just watched the episode again where we meet Yennefer. And Yaskir um, has been unfortunately cursed, I think, by Geralt unintentionally, if I'm remembering how that went down. And so Geralt takes him to this mage to get help to to Yen and it turns out to be Yen. And then Yaskier wakes up in Yen's bed and is like, Did we what the and she pins him up against the wall and then she's like sing Bard and he goes, Toss a coin to your penis, oh valley of penis. <laughs> so it's just it's just I've had that in my head all morning. You're welcome. Um, you know, in outfits, <laughs> and very and He's just yeah, he's just so great. And I wanted to one more thing. Um, he apparently the actor based his um portrayal of Yasker after Michael Scott from The Office, which I think is brilliant and perfect. Like that attitude of this person's annoying but also charismatic, and you end up having empathy and um you would miss them if they're not there, you know. So I think that's that's just one thing I wanted. (laughs) It brings the bees to the okay. Sorry, the valley of what the dandelion root brings the bees to the yard or the valley of penis, Sasha. I don't understand the comment. We're the dandelions. That makes more sense. If penises are bringing bees to the yard, we got
1: bigger problems. It's like a different version of the milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Yeah. (laughs) There (laughs) you go. That's where I'm going. Well, and when Michael Scott left the office, the office went pew, <laughs> downhill real fast. And I want to say, I looked up that song. There's a metal version of that song. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course there is. Of course there is. <laughs> so just letting you know.
4: That. <laughs> if I don't come back when it's my turn, it's because I'm listening to that. I'm going to look for it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like the second one that comes up when you start searching. And so, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's move on to Siri. So, MJ, what are your thoughts? Siri is, I think, just it's too
2: early in the full season to get, like, a full insight into all of her personality. She's just this young kid. um, We experience her journey from, like, living in a castle, being the princess, having all these privileged um, situations, and still get to do and play like a kid, very happy childhood, very safe environment, into becoming a refugee, being in a refugee camp, learning about different races, like the conflict between the humans and the elves, being chased down being in a war-torn country. So it's, we experience a lot about what happens to her, but I personally couldn't fully emotionally connect because I don't always know where she is as a human being, as a person. So it was interesting to follow her journey, but I really hope that in the next season we're going to see a little bit more about her emotional development and not just the situation she's thrust in. I, yeah, I didn't realize until the very end. I mean, at the very end, they tell you what's up, how she's linked to Gerald and how that falls into place in the beginning. I was really confused, like, how does her story line up with everything else? But it gives a good overview of the bigger movement that's happening in this world. Um, I think the rest of the story, what happens to Yennefer and what happens to Gerald, a lot of it is personality-driven and character-driven. And through the story of Siri, we are learning more about the big picture movement, what what war is going on, who's invading where, um, what sides are people on. So I think that was, was needed and interested interesting but i really hope we see more about her actual character her emotions and how she relates to the other people All the relationships she formed throughout the season were always short and not very deeply developed so um that's my take on siri i i'm excited to see her and gerald interact so hopefully we'll see a ton of that i'm sure we will because that was like the big finale them meeting so i'm sure we see more
1: and Megan I
2: definitely
3: agree with MJ there was just a lot of sort of glimpses on who she can be as a person but a lot of her story arc is just her developing kind of a personality as well as this idea of being a leader um she just she has no clue at that point just because she is so young in comparison to some of the rest of the characters and there's just a lot hidden from her, so it's, like, unveiling all that through all these different controversies that take place in her storyline and scandals, and I'm, I'm excited for her just because, like, you see at the end, like, she's starting to get really fiery, and she's starting to get some momentum of, like, okay, I need to do the X, Y, and Z to get here, and you can see that she is doing more in more mature things, and, like, it's starting to into that role of like I need to be a leader I need to do something in order to help these people and I kind of hope we can continue to see that in season two
1: Sasha
4: yeah similar things um I think for me the biggest thing with Siri is again like what exactly is her phenomenal cosmic power that she has um you know because her there's a scene with her grandmother and her mother before Ciri's even around. Um, And Ciri's mom has this power. It's this whole big thing that happens, this big scene. And the grandmother's like, oh, I thought that it skipped you like it skipped me. And then you see Ciri scream and glasses shake. And then there's another scene where she screams and complete destructive chaos happens. And so she's got this primal power um, that I'm really interested to see how that pans out and how um he can help her sort out exactly what it is you know because they're connected what is it he says to her when they meet because the final thing is they run at each other in the woods and find each other because that's her grandmother's like you need to find gerald of river he's your destiny you have to find him he's your destiny so it's this whole thing and he's told the girl in the woods will always be with you she's your destiny so it's this whole concept of destiny that i know we'll get into in a minute but that they're drawn together and he makes a comment about it. Like those who are destined to find each other always will or something. I'm totally screwing that up, but it's something like that, that he says because they, she literally runs him in the woods, has never seen him before and just hugs him. So it's like, they know that they've had this connection. So I'm hoping that he can help her figure out how to, you know, like Megan said, be that leader for the people that she needs to be with the Royal blood she has. And also sort out this, funky cosmic power tanya
5: yeah i agree i think we we need to see more development i think the her story i i agree with what megan was saying about showing us more of the politics and her journey a bit she reminds me of a bit of a composite of Arya and sansa stark um you know in game of thrones like you you're sort of seeing the evolution um over over the trauma she has to go through Um, but yeah, I think I expect her to sort of become Geralt's, uh, protege. I'm not entirely sure if that's what happens. Um, and of course she has some sort of magic and that's one thing that's kind of interesting in this world. Uh, we don't entirely know how magic works, what the rules of magic are. We're shown a bit through Yennefer's, um, story and, and kind of mastery. And then she has that, the boyfriend, Um, where they meet in a portal and have freaky cave sex um, and people watch them. Anyway, just, (laughs) just aside to that. And me, I was like, we were thinking about trying to find a family show to watch and, and we like sci-fi and stuff and our kids are teenagers. They're, they're older, but I was like, Oh, maybe the witcher. And then I remembered like several orgy scenes and was like, yeah, maybe, (laughs) maybe we'll wait. On that one, <laughs> because we'll, I'm, you know, I'm remembering like the fighting and the magic, and the, and then like, oh yeah, okay, no, nope, no, nope, we're not. That'd probably be pretty awkward to watch with your parents. Um, all right. Anyway, yeah, I think she just needs to. She needs. We need to see where she goes from princess, you know, in the woods to taking over our iPhones. Like we need to see that journey. No, Siri. <laughs> Oh okay no. Yeah, fine. I
1: go I was I was like toss Post- a coin to yes, your because, Yeah. <laughs> no, because I was thinking I was thinking the Siri thing and that's why I was funny that I in life because I was thinking that the whole time I'm like is anyone going to connect to the iPhone? <laughs> That's where she ended up. The spirit of her ended up in your iPhone.
4: Yeah, that mask. was her phenomenal
5: cosmic power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three Any all. question? <laughs> well, Siri sometimes messes up, though. That's... Massive cosmic power, teeny weeny living space. No, just kidding. Um, all right, I'll add. That's funny. Um, well, I actually want to just
1: skip it since you've mentioned a couple of of the female characters. I want to just ask in general how you feel about how women are portrayed in this show, um, their relationships, and just how their characters are developed. in, Nj. Oh
2: gosh. Um, hard hard question. Um, my gut feeling says I'm, I'm fairly happy with 80 to 90% of the portrayal. Um, all the women are real characters, not, not a lot of gratuitous, just characters thrown in there for um, cure eye candy or could be replaced. Like, what, what is the nice saying? Could be a sexy lamp instead, so we don't have a lot of these characters. But, like, the very first episode for me was hard to watch because the whole um, the whole episode with Renfri, she was a super interesting character. I was like, oh, maybe we'll keep her for a couple episodes. Nope, not so much. Um, and if you go into other storylines, having a revenge tale where a woman was wronged and she goes after the powerful man who wronged her to get her revenge, she could have been, like, main character in a story but she turned out to to not and ultimately died because of that and I get that um that was done to make a point between sometimes you have to let things go to get to the point where you need to be in life and you can't always linger on things and you can't always um yeah I don't know grapple with that and that was kind of a point made for gerald's journey i think so it, that hurt me a little bit that she was kind of sacrificed to make a point that we then take on to the rest of the season um other than that really liked every character development i love that series grandma was this badass complex warrior queen i mean i don't agree with all her choices and she clearly made a lot of wrong choices but she was never portrayed as as Doing those because of fragile emotions or because of just not being capable. I think um, there's a lot of interesting parts of side female character that we saw that were well portrayed. And again, I love Yennefer as the main character, and hope, hopefully, we'll get to see more of Siri. Um, I'm excited for her to see, see more of her. But yeah, I think 80%, 90%, I never felt um, women had a bad portrayal in the show.
1: Megan?
3: Um, for me, uh, I, as much as I enjoyed the show, um, I definitely felt like the school that Jennifer went to to learn her sorcery training and all that, uh, they upheld the standard of very much like, oh, you, you can't do this unless you do X, Y, and Z. Or this person's destined to do it because their parents are kind of like this uh, pure Puritan kind of like, uh, like they have natural ability and you, it's forced for you. Um, You see a lot of those politics play out in this school and how even how they pit um, Yennefer against like uh, Frangilla, I believe is her name, or Frangilia. Uh, And just this idea of like sorcery is very much the women who have power in this are just pawns to the overlords who I believe are all men in that board. I think there may be a couple of women, but from the two characters, I remember they were both significant men sorcerers and it was something that i kind of had a problem with just because like you know when they first kind of brought her into the school it was kind of wholesome in the element of like oh we're here to like bring out your power thing but as she matures in the school you see like it's obviously for political gain and you know who takes over this land and very game of thrones-esque and not that i mind it it's just i don't know i guess like it's to be expected. I, I guess I'm just personally tired of it, but I'm glad the rest of the show, like even with Siri, as MJ mentioned earlier, like the grandmother, absolute badass, love her. And I, I just hope to see more of that energy because there were a lot of people, even in those kind of like genres where there's a lot more
4: empowerment than
1: not. And Sasha. Um. Yeah, I,
4: Megan brought up the the sorcery school and there's definitely some problems in there. Um just that whole setup is problematic and I get that. But I think as a whole I agree with MJ like women were portrayed better. They weren't. I mean there I think there's one scene where Geralt is with kind of a prostitute at one point in the beginning and I think that's the only like really where you see gratuitous boobs until you walk into Yennefer's whole orgy thing that's happening, um, that she has set up, but again, she set that up, it wasn't like you know, something else. Uh, the grandmother queen, the lion, what is her, the lioness of something is her name, and she is a badass. I agree, she's made some really bad decisions, um, and she does some really suspect things, but. She's a strong character. And then Siri ends up with like this warrior tribe of women at one point. And they're all, you know, very like Amazon feel, like very tough, you know, bring it. We'll take down whatever we need to take down. So um, overall, I am not disappointed in the portrayal of women. It was not. Overly gratuitous, or they weren't portrayed as weak, meek little things that needed saving. Um, they, I feel like m- the majority of the female characters, especially the like lead or kind of more main characters, not just side pieces, that sounded bad.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> that was not... my side piece. <laughs> also, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm completely derailed. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> oh, yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can add a lot, but I will say I, I agree for the most part. But I also think that um, there there is an amount of commentary on gender roles through some of that as well. Like I'm thinking of Yen when she's at court and the wife of the the king keeps having girls. And then the king hires an assassin and it's, it's, uh, yeah. And there's that whole bit. Um, and I do think most of the problematic stuff was the school. I agreed like the, the whole, they're really kind of showing some of the patriarchy there and how women are also complicit in patriarchy as well. I think that was meant to be like that. Um, and you have to be attractive and sexually desirable to be at your peak power. Right. And, and so that's, um, I don't think they they uh, portray that without also being critical of it, but it's a little like, okay, um, mm, you know, it's uncomfy, I guess, that I'm not quite sure they get to the place of being critical enough about that part um, for me. Anyway, I will say I b- believe that they objectify Geralt as much as anybody else. Um, so I don't know that that's progress, but, uh, yeah, they, they definitely, um, they do show a little more balance from that, especially there's not, so I am rewatching Game of Thrones because my, my, (laughs) I, I mentioned she's a teenager. Okay. She's reading the books. So as I know I mentioned, like, I'm not like, Hey, watch whatever you want, but there are just random scenes in Game of Thrones where it's just two women, um, specifically having sex for a man right and it's not that is not the way this is portrayed yeah there's an orgy but there's a it's just it's just like bodies writhing around (laughs) like i don't know it's just like everything's everywhere uh and it's it's more funny than anything i i would say not not goofy funny but awkward um yeah so game of thrones is is very guilty as a show adaptation of We're just going to put this scene in for dude bros or whoever, you know, and it's like, all right, for me, there's, there needs to be a purpose for that. And if there's a purpose, then I can, I can understand. But if it's just there purely for um, exploitation, I think that's much more problematic.
1: Yeah, I was wondering that because I know you mentioned there was an orgy scene and um, stuff. I was just wondering, because sex scenes, the way those are shot, it's very different if it's shot from the male gaze than it is from the female gaze. So I'm just wondering, and anyone can answer this, and I know you sort of touched on it, but are those scenes shot from the male gaze or from the female gaze, or does it depend, or is it a combination?
2: I think it's equal opportunity gaze at this point. I It's very straightforward. Um, I have to say, none of the sex scenes are... They, feel, they don't feel super exploitative. Um, it's more... Yeah, this is how an orgy would look like if you would have to walk through it and ask somebody for a favor, and you would feel awkward and maybe not <laughs> super happy to be there. Um, but it also what I liked about the orgy scene is you see Yennefer sitting there ultra powerful wearing a, she's fully closed, wearing a mask, sitting there just having the time of her life. So it's not, it's, it, it puts you in a specific mood. It definitely tells you, Hey, she's in control of this and she's making this happen. And, um, it's not, uh, it doesn't feel like just there for eye candy or just there. So it feels very equal opportunity for me. And, some of the other sex scenes that we see are also there to move the plot forward. Um, Tanya had mentioned the funny cave sex scenes where there's an audience applauding. All that's part of Jennifer's journey and um, so it doesn't feel like it's just there for the hell of it. It feels like it's there to tell part of the story or to move something forward. I think that's that what, ma- what makes a big difference. Whereas and I agree with Game of Thrones. I love Game of Thrones, hated how it ended, whole other story. But um, I, it was way more problematic. And while I watched it, every other scene, I was like, oh, my God, this is
1: this is super problematic. I didn't have that with The Witcher as much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's interesting. And someday we will discuss Game of Thrones, maybe next year sometime. Uh, but we will discuss that on here. So, yeah. And then Sasha, you want to add something on there?
4: Yeah, I just want to add about the the whole orgy scene. Um, if you've seen True Blood, and when True Blood does their orgy scene, that is graphic. This yeah. orgy scene is not. Like, people are still half-clothed in this one. You don't actually see, like, sex. It's more like if you were walking through a party and all of a sudden you went, oh, she's not wearing a top. You know, it's, <laughs> it, it's not like a blatant... You see everything, and it's hardcore. It's people. It's you're just walking through. So it is definitely not exploitive or graphic. Like the True Blood one is. That's a full on orgy, orgy, orgy. This does not have that feel at all. Um, and then, like MJ had mentioned, the cave sex scene when she's uh, the
5: applause, applause. Applause, applause. She does demand apple juice. There could have been applesauce involved there. <laughs> I'm not, not even, I mean, I'm I'm food. Up, but, Excuse me. Oh, my God. That? No, the cave scene, you know, though, I will, I will but jump The, cave, in, the whole but, thing
4: yeah. with the cave scene is she manifested that audience. That was her thing. Yeah. So when they finish
2: so awkward. and
4: there's the people clap, I'm not even going to try the word again. When the people clap and cheer, he's like, oh, well, that was a nice touch. She's like, you think? I'm my mouth is broken.
5: She's just doing magic. And it's, it's more like a, it's more presented as like a kink. It's not, it's not presented. Um, and, and what I like about that actually is at that point, Yen is still, um, has the hunchback has the disfigurement. And I think it's actually really amazing that she forms this connection and experiences pleasure and intimacy with someone, uh, before she is quote unquote, beautiful like normatively, you know, beauty standard. And so that also, the the sex scenes in Game of Thrones that I never have a problem with are Tyrion, right? Like, because I think it's actually really important to show people with um, quote-unquote disabilities as uh, sexual beings and, and com- complex humans and not tokenize them or pity, just show them from a sympathy, pity point of view. Um, anyway, and that, her relationship with that, person who I'm blanking on his name is more complicated. Um, But anyway, I, I thought that was actually more empowering. So not to not to just take over on applesauce, but there we go.
6: No,
1: I think that's 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 awesome, though. No, that's really awesome. And it sounds like, at least from what I'm hearing, with the Yennefer character, that she's very much in control of her sexuality. And that is so rare with women to see that and to see it also be not just the missionary position sexuality. Like we touched on a little when we did our BDSM episode and being able to show that people have different kinks. People like different things and to show that without um, villainizing that without showing it as a wrong thing that you should not be into this stuff. That's pretty cool and pretty awesome, of course, because I think everybody should see themselves as a fully fleshed out being, and that includes sexuality. So it's pretty awesome that they they do that. So applause for them for doing that, because that is
5: sadly so incredibly rare. Um, applesauce for you. Applesauce for the witcher. <laughs> applesauce for the orgy. They got to sustain their strength anyway. OK. Uh,
1: <laughs> I'm picturing something really interesting in my head right now. With <laughs> so, so thank you, Sasha and Tanya for that image in my head. Um, <laughs> sorry. Okay. So, and I know, um, I believe it was MJ who mentioned this a little bit in the beginning of one of the themes of the show being like destiny versus volition. So I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, MJ, what are you, some more thoughts that you have on that?
2: I think, yeah, ultimately it's, it's the way of some somebody like Gerald who does not want destiny, who does not believe in destiny, and is like, get that thing away from me and like I'll poke it with a stick ends up being thrust into it and um still dealing a lot with destiny. So I think it was an interesting theme to follow. Um I'm not the biggest fan of Destiny. I'm not, the, I'm not the biggest fan of The Chosen One and all these like Destiny type of storylines. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of agency and anyone can become anything if they just push for that. But on the other hand, i really enjoyed how the story played with, you still have to have agency. You still have to make those choices Jennifer wouldn't have been where she ended up at if she wouldn't have ma- made those choices throughout. Yes, she was forced to go to the school. She didn't choose that. She was thrust into the sc- school, but she still made choices along the way that got her where, where she was. So it's a tightrope that the show is um, following. And I hate, I'm honestly, I like, I hate this whole law of surprise thing that they do, where it's like somebody, if you save somebody's life, you can just claim the law of surprise and then you get there first dog or their first kid or whatever. So I'm not a big fan of that personally, but in the end it's what in the these epic storytellings, what's you what you something sometimes need to move epic stories along. So I think this the the show walks a tightrope between, yeah, it's all destiny, but no, all these people also have agent, agency and they make choices. And we watch them make those choices. And Megan.
3: I definitely think this season does a very good job laying the groundwork for what's going to be upcoming in in the next season. This season does a pretty good job of laying out that groundwork for a Wild Hunt and kind of their element of their role in the idea of destiny. So I'm very excited to see in this upcoming season how destiny plays a bigger role. Um, I feel like this first season definitely, in regards to sexuality and everything, deals with more of that free will, volition, kind of doing more of what you want to do. Uh, I feel like the second season's going to definitely hit harder with the Destiny and kind of how Geralt and Siri uh, kind of interact with each other, as well as uh, any bigger villains, and I think it will be the one that comes up, and um, they'll create some interesting tensions, and it'll come into bigger play. But um, I otherwise... The theme I feel like is just being set up right now, personally.
4: Um, yeah, I agree with the with Megan and the setting things up. You know, the first season of anything kind of has to lay the groundwork, so I get that. Um, I do feel like Jennifer is definitely the wild card. Um, she's definitely, you know, doing it her way and avoiding all destiny like she's actively betraying destiny and doing anything she can to make her own choices whereas Geralt and Ciri are trapped in this destiny cycle like they just can't break it um and so I feel like there's two different devices that are at play um if that makes sense as a like as a storyline like um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in season two with that and how that all comes together if we get more Yennefer and um, then once we see what happens with Siri.
1: And Tanya.
5: Yeah, I think everyone has has um, covered most of what I would have thought of there. I do want to add the law of surprise is really interesting. And I, I wondered if anyone on the panel here knew whether or not that was based in any kind of um, Eastern European mythology or something, because it doesn't have a reference point for me um, as someone who has like a, I, I, most of our fantasy was Grimm brothers or kind of, you know, probably German or, or, um, you know, parts of European influence that I would have been exposed to. So it, there's, there's elements, I think on the rewatch where now I I can rewatch and go, now that I know basically what's going on, I have a lot more patience for not knowing what's going on a little bit, and I can appreciate that this is told um, with different—I uh, think in some ways cultural touchstones than we might see in typical fantasy. And I, 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 I for one kind of appreciate that. But the the law of surprise, like even when that's first referenced, um, Calanthe, who has. Wanted. That's the queen, uh, Ceres grandmother, who has wanted to um, deny and, and kind of have her own assertion of agency over everything happening, has kind, got, kind of gotten slapped upside the head by, by Destiny, if you will, or by her daughters um, uh, revealing her powers. Um, and so then she's kind of a convert and says, I'm going to now accept Destiny, and then warns Geralt. If you leave this child that you have unintentionally claimed, it's going to mess everything up. And guess what? Everything gets messed up. Whether or not that that would have happened had Geralt not pissed off Destiny or whatever, who knows? But it's I do think that that is interesting is this is very much perhaps how medieval people would have made sense of their world, right? I think it's also a comment on that. Like, well, Destiny, you know, rather than understanding, well, you know, medieval people, if, if someone got stung by a bee and died, they're not going to be like, okay, obviously Joe had an undiagnosed bee allergy and he got stung by a bee and he went into anaphylaxis and died. No, they're going to be like, Joe pissed off the gods, right? Because medieval people were named Joe. And anyway, this is, so to me, this is also a commentary on, um, you know, a pre-scientific sort of society and world, if you will, Um where they're explaining things with what, what they have and what makes sense to them. And I know I went kind of to sociology there, but, you know, <laughs> come for the, the random social so 101, stay for the Valley of Penis singing, so. <laughs> <laughs> Google search,
2: so big caveat, because it's just a quick Google search. And, and what I found is that the author of the book based this love surprise idea of a bible story where some men in the bible defeated an army and said if i defeat them god i'll sacrifice the first thing i see when i come home and the first thing that greets him is his daughter so that's kind of the idea behind it but again quick google search so big caveat and um, hopefully the witcher fandom
1: will correct me if they know know it differently Awesome. Thank you. Um, so I want to just ask, since there is going to be a season two, what are maybe just three things that you really want to see happen in season two, three, just wishes, MJ?
2: Well, I think the big thing I'm going to wish for is more of Siri. Um, I want to see her develop. I want to see her grow into her power, see her relationship with Gerald develop and hopefully, um, I know very little of the novels. I've seen a little bit of fan art and I've read a little bit of reviews. So there should be a relationship between Siri and, um, um, God, I'm blanking on her name, (laughs) we just, um, Yennefer. Yennefer and Siri should develop some sort of, whether, I don't know if that's gonna be kind of a family-like relationship or a a friendship, how that, that works. And I think that'd be really, really interesting because they're quite very different. Both of them powerful, clearly. So I'd love to see that. That, that would be, be a big wish. And just by mentioning Yennefer, that's my next big wish. I want to know what happened to her after the battle. We've seen a lot of fire. We've seen a lot of screaming. And so I'm most most anxious to see what's, what's happening to her and, and see her story continue. And yeah, biggest wish there.
1: Awesome. Thanks. And Megan?
2: I definitely agree with MJ.
3: I want to see what happens to Yennefer. Um, They didn't really give any if ands or what could have happened there. Uh, I think my second biggest wish, which piggybacks off of that one, um, back to uh, what Tanya said about pre-science, I feel like Yennefer's just on the brink of understanding that science a little bit more. And with how her knowledge and everything, I think she'll be the one kind of crusading on this destiny belief. And I want to see more of that. And I think my third biggest thing is just more songs, (laughs) more silly little songs, um, just because
1: they're so fun and
3: it's very enjoyable. And I I don't know what I would
1: do without them, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) And Tanya singing more of the songs. (laughs) No, she shakes her head. No, and Sasha.
4: Um, So I <clears throat> just did a quick Google search because there was at one point rumors that my future husband, once I lose my current husband, Mr. Jason Momoa, was going to be in Witcher 2. However, apparently he's not going to be in Witcher 2. Uh, That's not happening. So that dashes that dream. But I did just read that um, season two is a prequel. So I don't know that we're going to get other information i don't know this again it's the google don't trust me so barring what i just read um i do i agree with everybody else more Jennifer. i want to sort out siri and all of that um and i'm hoping that it's not a prequel and i'm really upset that my momoa is not going to be in there
5: Aw, i'm sorry oh <laughs> antonia yeah. Um, Hey Siri, what's going to happen to you in season two? No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, you know, you know, I had to go there. Uh, so I would, you know how supernatural had that amazing episode about baby and everything was shot from the point of view of the car. I think they should do an episode where everything is shot from the point of view of the bathtub. Wait, no, that would be terrible. We don't want to see that. that. Those are not flattering angles for anybody. Um, no matter what kind of (laughs) package you have going on there. Um, All right, scratch that. So I do want to see an elaborate bathtub scene, some good self-care. I want to see more uh, Geralt talking to Roach, his horse. He has several horses. They're all named Roach, um, which I think is hilarious. And definitely more songs and Goofy. But what I think is going to happen, hopefully, eventually is – Geralt, Yen, and Syria are going to be like a family-type unit. I'm hoping they're going to go fight the Nilfgaard people who are, some for some reason, evil. I don't entirely understand their motivation. They're just like, we're going to wear this armor that looks like, you know, I don't know what it looks like. It look, just looks like cheap plastic something. I don't know. Their armor really bothers me because it doesn't make sense. Like, what, what animal skin is that? Because it looks like, you know, Star Wars reject stuff. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. I can't think of anything funny. The Nilfgaard armor needs to be replaced with better armor, and their evil motivations need to be explained to me more. There we go. Sorry. And bathtubs. Okay. There we go.
1: <laughs> I'm just picturing
5: something shot from the point of view of a bathtub. That <laughs> we don't want that. <laughs> Nobody wants that. I know. I knew as I said it, it was a bad idea. But it still had to come out because I thought it would be funny. So hopefully people enjoyed it. I did. Well, what about from the point of view of the horses or
1: something? There you go. That might be a little bit more. That's more akin to a car because
5: they're riding them. Yeah, but you get in the car and you get in the bathtub. And obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, Geralt has an important relationship with his bathing rituals or people telling him he needs to bathe because he stinks.
1: <laughs> Bathtubs and applesauce. Okay, now that's an even weirder
5: combination. But you know, you never know. You know, whatever, whatever floats your you, boat. I guess you don't want to eat applesauce in the bathtub. That's a bad. You, I mean, sticky. I mean, no.
2: At least you can get it off.
5: Yeah, yeah. that's true. You can get it off.
2: Open stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> breaking medieval story times. One bathtub at t- at a time. <laughs>
1: So. <laughs> okay, well, I just want to quickly wrap up just by asking Were there any characters that we didn't get to that you just wanted to give a quick shout out to at all, MJ?
2: The dragons. I love the dragons. The dragons were badass. I loved everything about the dragons. Um, I thought that was a great monster of the week. Plus, getting this whole idea of monsters not always being monsters, that was kind of the perfect episode to show that. Um, I, I love the dragon dragons, not just because I'm a fantasy nerd and I'm always sipping if there's any sort of big fantasy epic portrayal. The CGI was not great, but the story was wonderful, and
1: I, I yeah, loved it. Awesome. Megan?
3: Um, I think MJ hit on all mine. Okay. From what I heard, so... I, mean,
4: I don't think I have any. No, oh, no, it's fine. Okay. And Sasha. I don't have any to add. i not going to lie. I totally forgot about the dragons until MJ just said it. And, yeah, <laughs> the dragon is awesome. But, um, yeah, I don't really have any other characters. I mean, we we covered them all.
5: Okay. Tanya, is that the same for you? I, yeah, no, I'm going to say someone. So <laughs> wait for it. I like the person that no I'm just kidding. Um I like Triss. Uh I think she is the mage of oh my gosh. I, I think she's interesting. So she um w- ended up I think in the final battle um fighting against Nilfgaard and um her I think her story probably has a lot of interesting elements and we did, just didn't see that much of her, but she's also a powerful mage um and was in the court of the king where the striga the striga episode i think um and i also really appreciate that there's there's some commentary like there's a really stupid knight um in the dragon episode and that's pretty interesting who just like murders things that he's uncomfortable with and you know and then he eventually gets he gets what's coming to him but, but it's yeah i just find that interesting like Geralt's you know starts to have empathy for different creatures as well like it's not i don't just kill anything that's different you know anyway Mm
6: -hmm.
5: that's interesting yeah
1: well i want to thank everyone i think this has been an interesting discussion i was entertained too so it was a (laughs) a really entertaining discussion and maybe we'll revisit the show after season two airs okay so i'm going to go around and have everybody close out and say where they can be found if you want to be found start with you mj
2: Well, you can find me on the interwebs as at another galaxy far, far away on both Instagram and TikTok, very different social media platforms, and you'll see a very different side of me on those two. So find me on there if you want to see more nerd content and hiking content.
1: (laughs) Yeah, someday maybe I'll I'll try the TikTok thing again. (laughs) It confuses me so much, but maybe I'll try it again. And Megan, you're remaining anonymous. I am. <laughs> Someday you're gonna surprise me like Sasha did, and you're gonna just come out swinging and yeah. <laughs> and Sasha. <laughs> yep.
4: Yeah. You got you, Megan. When you do it, you got to do it in some big epic way, cause then Aaron's like, "What? Now you pick now? <laughs> um. Yep. Yeah. So since I am out, uh, you can find me on Instagram at vegangeekchick.com. Uh, And that'll also link you to my adorable, obnoxious dog um, and his Instagram. So there's my shares for that.
1: Adorable, obnoxious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Puffy. (laughs) And Tanya.
5: I don't have a separate pet Instagram, but my cats are basically just all I take pictures of right now. Um, so, but you can find me on Instagram. I think I'm just Tanya Cook and that's pretty boring. Um, but you can also find me on uh, Twitter at Prof Tanya Cook or at AK nerd fighting and AK and nerd and fighting are capital letters. Awesome. Thank you so much.
1: And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E April beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest for the show, feel free to reach out to us at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. And next week, we're going to be talking about a show that I also haven't really watched much of, which is kind of a surprising one for me, but. Veronica Mars we're going to be talking about that so the next couple of weeks we're actually going to be talking about shows that Aaron hasn't watched so next week is Veronica Mars and then the week after that it's Psych but we're also next week going to be talking about the Oscars and we're just going to be focusing on this year so we're going to be talking about maybe who we predict will win who we want to win what we feel got left out Um, if we think the Oscars are improving at all with representation. So it'll be an interesting conversation. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing, and Black Lives Matter, and stop Asian hate. Thank you again for listening to It's a Fandom Thing. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and follow us on all your favorite podcast platforms. Our logo was designed by Brooke Belly, with cover art by Carla Temmes. Additional research was done by Megan Archuleta. Our Instagram and Facebook content producer and creator is Erin Amos. And our producer is Lila Tafola. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe. And remember, keep that fandom spirit alive.
6: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why?